Hey, SCS Student Ministries, Devin here, uh, bringing you week three of our current series that we're going through in November, uh, our series that's called With You. Uh, we've been going through uh, just different ideas of what it's like to um, help a friend in need, help people dealing uh, with uh, their problems. Um, we're going to play a game uh Wednesday night. Uh, that's basically I'll, I'll describe it so that through the podcast you get the idea of of why we're doing this game. Uh, basically, we're gonna be filling a large bucket up um, with a uh, bunch of random stuff, tennis balls, whatever it is, something that uh, will bounce around, right? Um, and uh, we're gonna have people laying on their backs, and they're gonna be balancing on people's feet. And one person at a time, you have to try and take a shoe off. Um, so during this game, uh, it's going to be very obvious that when someone needed to take off their shoe, uh, the other players had to work a little bit harder to keep the bucket steady. Um, if the other players didn't keep the bucket steady when that person needed them, there was a good chance that that player was going to get knocked out of the game because they're going to let the bucket fall while it's their turn to take their shoe off. Uh, when players get knocked out of the game, the game got harder for the rest of the players too because there was less people to hold the bucket up when it was their turn, right? If they didn't do their part in keeping the bucket steady for others, uh, when they needed help, there wouldn't, there wouldn't be enough people to keep the bucket steady for them. Uh, in real life, you won't often need help holding up a bucket with your bare feet, but there are some things that we can learn for the times that really do uh, need each other, right? In real life, what are some things that every person needs? Uh, there's so many reasons we might need each other's help at any given time. We might have uh, an emotional need, a practical need, a relational need, or a spiritual need. Um, the last two weeks, uh, we've talked about some of the ways that we could help meet each other's needs emotionally and relationally, um, but today we're going to focus on how we can help meet each other's practical needs. Uh, we're human which means that we all have some important practical needs, um, whether it be food or water, shelter, clothing, education, safety, uh, medical care. Uh, there are people everywhere um, all over the world and close to us as well who need greater access to essential things like clean water, shelter, food, education, and more. Uh, one of the most common messages in the Bible is the reminder to be on the lookout for those in need, and often those needs are practical that we see in the Bible. Jesus and his disciples, as they said it so many times, but it's a common theme in the Old Testament as well. Uh, so today, let's see how God used the prophet Elijah to help meet some people's needs. Um, a prophet is a messenger from God. God would often give a message to a prophet, and then the prophet would share it with really as many people as possible, right? Um, in Elijah's day, the nation of Israel were being led by kings. And there were good kings, and there were bad kings, and there were a lot of bad kings. These kings that followed God and kings that rejected God and followed other uh, fake idols instead. Uh, one of these kings uh, was King Ahab, uh, the seventh king of Israel and probably the most evil Israelite king to that point, right? Ahab and his wife uh, Jezebel both rejected God and worshipped a fake god named Baal instead. God sent Elijah to give Ahab a message. Because of their wickedness, there would be a drought in the land. 
in the midst of this drought, even Elijah was struggling to find food. So God sent him to a creek to get water and sent ravens to bring him food. Uh, when the creek dried up and the ravens ran out of food, here is what happened. And we're going to be in First Kings chapter 17, uh, verses 8 through 16. And it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So let's think about this story and really the weirdness of what's going on here. So at first God and Elijah, uh, they kind of sound like jerks, like to be honest, like the, the vibe that you get from them. Sure. Elijah is hungry and thirsty, but so is this widow who is planning to die after this. In fact, she and her son are preparing, like they're literally preparing to die of hunger and thirst when Elijah shows up and says, Hey, God told you to give me the rest of your stuff. Uh, but because Elijah knows God's character, he understands why he's been sent. Elijah wasn't sent to this widow to take whatever she had. God sent Elijah to help her. And through Elijah, God provides this woman and her son with the miracle that they need. And as a result, they're able to make all the food they and Elijah need. But here's something you may not have noticed. Um, Elijah doesn't just secure food and water for this family and leave. He stays with them for Uh, quite a long time too it doesn't say exactly how long but it says that he stays with them right and in this simple story i think it communicates um, a few important things about what to do when someone is in need whether you identify more with elijah or with the widow and her son this story shows us that one we need each other god gives us each each other to help meet each other's needs and elijah may have helped provide for the window with the widow and her son um, but the widow provided for elijah's needs as well Two, god works through us there are many people in our world our country our neighborhoods and our schools who are in need but like elijah we have to be willing to go where god sends us three there's enough for everyone Rather than being driven by selfishness or fear, Elijah and the widow trust God would provide enough for all of them, but it required sharing their extra resources instead of hoarding them. And lastly, relationships matter. Elijah didn't just send this family a check in the mail or perform a miracle and leave. This wasn't just an obligation or charity work. They built real relationship over time. 
in Elijah's time, it was clear God cared about caring for people in need. And it's clear that was still God's heart when Jesus was here on earth. Um, While Jesus was here, some people believed God wanted certain people to suffer. They thought that maybe those people deserved it. Uh, But when Jesus showed up, he shows us a different way. Jesus cared deeply about people. He sought out people who had needs and he helped meet those needs, but he also spent time with them. And in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus said when he returns, he'll ask all of us how we helped our neighbors when they were in need. I mean, did we give food and water to the hungry and thirsty? Did we take care of strangers? Did we give clothes to those who need them? Did we care for sick people? Did we visit prisoners? Whatever it might be, we're going to read Matthew chapter 25, verse 40 here. And that says, uh, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So Jesus saw people's needs, but he also saw their humanity. And he calls us to do the same. Instead of ignoring or not noticing the needs of the people around us, we are asked to do what Elijah and the widow did and what Jesus did and be with people when they're in need. But why don't more people just do more to help the needs of others? It's a question we should be asking ourselves. What about you? What barriers prevent you from meeting the needs of others? Uh, There's a Hebrew word in the Bible that is often translated as peace, Um, But when the Bible says peace, it's not only talking about the absence of war. It's talking about a world that's complete, whole, and in perfect balance. And the word is shalom. In the world, in our country, in our our neighborhoods, in schools, uh, there are needs, but there's also excess. Some people have more than enough, while others are in desperate need. Uh, Some people think there isn't enough to go around, so they hoard things and only pe- only help people who they think are valuable. I mean, do you believe there's enough to go around or do you think we need to hold tightly to what we have? Uh, other people think there isn't enough to go around because they've never had enough. Uh, they may only have secondhand shoes that don't fit right. Uh, their pantry might be empty because their family can only afford to buy food one day at a time. They might be new to this country and are still trying to acquire the things they need. For some of you, you don't have to imagine this because you already live with needs like these daily. And the tragedy is, although people all over the world struggle to get access to basic resources like food, water, sanitation, and education, there is enough to go around. There's enough food in the world to feed everyone, uh, but our systems don't prioritize sending food to all the places in need. There are enough shoes for everyone. We won't run out if everyone has a few good pairs. And there is enough space and materials for houses, and many houses all over the world are standing vacant, but some people are still without homes. And there are imbalances in the world, but we can't help bring shalom by working to put things back in balance. So how could we help create peace wherever needs exist? Other, or One person working alone uh, can't cure these immense imbalances that we see in the world like food, water, shelter, clothing, education, safety, medical care. Um, it takes a community to take to, to care for people in need. And that's why Jesus tells his followers to help set things right. 
God seriously cares about people in need. And if you follow Jesus, meeting the needs of those who are in need is a huge, huge part of this whole uh, following Jesus thing that we're here doing. So here are a few uh, tangible ways that we can be with people who are in need. One, you can start small. The big needs that we've talked about in the last 15 minutes uh, they might seem overwhelming. So you start by looking for small needs around you. Maybe someone in class needs to borrow a pencil or someone forgot their lunch money. Once you notice these little things, it will be easier to notice the bigger things around you as well. Two, identify needs in your community. There are so many programs and nonprofits working to meet needs for our neighborhoods, and there are plenty of ways to get involved. Um, I mean, right at our own church, uh, Mission of Hope is a huge way that you can get involved. Uh, There's SACA in Silverton that you can get involved with. I mean, we can fundraise, we can show up to help, donate supplies that uh, these places give to people who need them, uh, like food for food banks, socks and coats for homeless shelters, or school supplies for students who can't afford them. Uh, Number three, identify needs at church. Our church is working to meet needs as well. See if there are any needs here that could be helped with your energy and time. Uh, maybe the children's ministry needs all the chairs washed or there's a garbage outside that needs picking up or the care ministry needs someone to distribute supplies, whatever it is. Uh, and lastly, bring your own talents. Think of unique talents that you have, uh, like playing sports, uh, making movies or creative ideas or being a leader people follow, whatever it is. Think of the groups you already are involved with from school or outside of school, and then you get creative about ways you can use the activities you already enjoy uh, to help meet other people's needs. I mean, we all have the power to address the imbalance in the world and help set it right. The only way we can do this is in a community and with God's help. Uh, Sometimes you're the one in need, and sometimes you're the one who has more. But whether it's someone across the ocean or across the street, we're called to be with people when they're in need. Thanks, guys. I'm excited to uh, finish up this series next week. Uh, It should be good, and I'm excited to hear your guys' questions and uh, meet for our discussion time. And I'll see you next time.